Welcome, mamas, to the Simply Whole Moms podcast, where we talk all the real stuff, real life, real food with real moms. And we promise no BS. I'm Kara, a certified nutritionist and backyard chicken owner. I'm Nicole, espresso lover and clean beauty junkie. We've been friends for 17 years. We've gone from being babies to raising babies. And together, we're We're the the Simply Whole Moms. Hi guys, I hope you guys are doing well. This is Kara, and um, I am really excited today to sit down with Brianna Battles of pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. Basically, this conversation is a little bit different one than what we usually have, but she is a trainer and she runs a very successful training program for um, women to help them through pregnancy and um, postpartum. So we're going to dig into it. We dig a lot into pelvic floor health and core health. And she has some really good tidbits about just how to take care of your body while you're pregnant. But if you've already had a baby, she gave a lot of advice that I'm going to try to implement in my workouts and just in ways that I take care of my body, because they're just things that I've heard about, but just really kind of felt like would always be things that would be the way my body were was after having a baby, but she definitely, um, set me straight on that. So I hope you guys enjoy and leave feeling encouraged about how powerful, um, your body is. Brianna, we're so excited to have you on the show today. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Brianna Battles. I'm the founder of pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. And, um, I work with a lot of high-level athletes as well as novice um, women who are getting into exercise want to train through their pregnancy and um, into their motherhood. And so um, working with athletes has translated a lot into um, wanting to to do more and having more reach. And so I found that the best way to do that was to work with coaches and um and create some online content and an online certification to understand how to work with pregnant and postpartum athletes, um, both online and in your community. So now I have a team of close to 400 coaches around the world that are implementing um, different programs and just being a good resource in their community and in the online space um, to help women train through their pregnancy and not just listen to the generic advice and fear mongering, but really, um, spread an improved message around what it means to train through your pregnancy, um, regain strength and um, be really intentional postpartum and connect it to whatever kind of athletic pursuit a woman wants to do. So again, just kind of working with different athletes, um, primarily right now, just working with high level athletes online. But then in my community, I coach um, a women's strength conditioning class. And so I get to see all levels of uh, fitness and interest. Very cool. Congratulations. 400 women that's, or 400 coaches. That is, that is so cool. It's been really cool to see, uh, to see that growth. And I'm hoping that, um, I'm like redoing the, my coach course right now and hoping that we can add a lot more to that, that number. Um, cause it's t- such a needed, um, expertise. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, 
the expertise exactly. So you said high level athletes training, like what is it exactly that we're talking about here? Uh, well, I like to emphasize in my like coaching philosophy, I guess that there's a top down methodology. So if you can work with a pretty high level athlete and understand what their needs are and what their goals are and how to help them, um, like work, how to train through their pregnancy and make a, um, re- like a sustainable return postpartum, then that should carry on down this spectrum to any level of athlete, anyone who has an interest in train, like working out during their pregnancy and working out postpartum. Um, and just whether it's a couple days a week, they want to go to Zumba or seven days a week, they want to do CrossFit. I want to work with, I want to have coaches that know how to work with both um, kind of athletes. And so I know that athlete sounds like a really exclusive term. Mm -hmm. Um, but I try to be, I try to define that a lot in my work and say that an athlete is like any woman who, um, wants to pursue fitness. It's just the, like the, I guess it's, it really, it's looking at any woman who wants to pursue fitness, but just in a different, different capacities and individual interests. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, so I guess basically what are your coaches teaching? Like, what are they like, say I like walk me through the process of working with one of your coaches. So I am just found out I was pregnant and I connect with one of your coaches. What would happen from there? Well, they would first want to know how you're feeling and what kind, what kind of training you enjoy doing. And then um, maybe like your history of athleticism, or is this your first baby? Is this your fifth baby? Um, and what were like, basically, so what is like your history? What are your specific considerations? And then what are, what do you envision your pregnancy looking like? What do you envision your postpartum chapter looking like? Um, what are your fears and what are your hopes? And so just kind of collecting that really basic um, information about the person so that the process can be as individualized as, as possible. Um, and then it would be teaching a foundation of just bringing some awareness to the person's individual tendencies, um, whether it's in her movement or just like her um, overall like breathing tendencies, positional tendencies, um, attention tendencies, all of these things that do impact um, a evolving body through pregnancy and postpartum. And then teaching diff- different ways to... Um, and bringing that awareness and then teaching ways to um, counter some of those tendencies uh, in relation to uh, core and pelvic health considerations as her body changes through pregnancy, um, depending on what her uh, history is um, and then what her goals are. And so just teaching how to manage intra-abdominal pressure, how to adjust positioning in her deadlift or how to um, pick up her baby maybe differently in a way that won't cause symptoms if she's managing that um, mm-hmm. and then help her work through her pregnancy in the way that she wants to, like if she likes um, CrossFit and then we help her manage going to classes and her workouts beyond just um, exercise modifications. It's really looking at, well, um, what, how can we adjust that movement in a way that's not totally having to modify it? Or at what point do we say it's just not really worth it? And so when working with a lot of athletes, it has so much more to do with, um, having conversations around adjusting the mental approach to training and just this overall, I call it like athlete brain. And it's not even exclusive to maybe people who consider, consider themselves athletes. It's just this desire to go and do and um, 
you know, keep working out or postpartum, like, I got to get back to the gym and I have to like lose this baby weight and all of that stuff. It's like this, um, there's like a little bit, so there's a lot of identity, um, surrounding our physical abilities. And there's a lot of, um, like just, it's hard to separate sometimes like what we could do and what we want to do from where we're at in that chapter. And so my coach has really helped guide that because if you can guide the mindset, then it transfers really well into the informed decision-making around training through pregnancy and postpartum. And then when we're working with them postpartum, it's a game plan is dependent upon how the birth went, uh, collaborating with a pelvic floor physical therapist so that we really know what's going on and um, in a way that is beyond our scope of practice, unless one of the coaches happens to also be a public floor physical therapist um, and just help this rebuilding chapter based on what the birth was like, based on what her specific considerations or symptoms are and just an overall return to play, return to whatever kind of fitness she wants to do, whether it's running a half marathon, um, you know, at a year postpartum or, it's like walking a 5k with her kids or it's doing CrossFit or Olympic lifting or boot camp, whatever it might be, um, helping her reintegrate into those movements in a way that will be sustainable and not in a way that will set her back from doing too much too soon and not being aware of um, just the stress that her body has been through with pregnancy, labor, delivery, and the healing process postpartum. Okay, lots of good nuggets. Um, okay. First of all, pelvic floor physical therapist. What is this? Yeah. So that's a thing. Um, and I need one of these. (laughs) Yeah. So like every woman needs uh, a pelvic floor physical therapist in a perfect world. Um, so a pelvic floor physical therapist is, I would, I, in a perfect world, I would have my, any woman I work with, you know, get cleared by their doctor. And then instead of going to the gym or instead of signing up with a personal trainer, instead of coming to me, they would go and get an assessment by a pelvic floor physical therapist. That uh, pelvic floor physical therapist can do an internal assessment and just get some feedback on the state of your pelvic floor. Any symptoms that you're having, whether it's incontinence, like where you're peeing when you sneeze or peeing when you jump or feeling like you need to pee, all of those kinds of symptoms that are often um, just we're told is just a really common part of motherhood can be managed if you get the right kind of help. And it's not about doing just a bunch of kegels. It's about um, integrating a little bit more coordinated of a system to work together with your breath patterns, with um, just different positions and training it with a few exercises, but really being able to connect that strategy and um, that, that awareness of this, like, taboo part of your body that no one's brought attention to unless it's like sex or babies. Um, it's, it's healing a part of our body that has been through a lot of, um, stress and trauma with pregnancy and childbirth, even if it's a a C-section. So there's still a lot of pressure and, um, and just changes to our pelvic floor during this chapter. And so, um, also can help with managing, Symptoms of prolapse, if a woman is experiencing that, where that there's a lot of maybe pelvic pain or pressure or heaviness, feeling like a tampon's falling out, things like that. Things that are just not commonly talked about in our society. It very much is in my bubble, but I realize that I'm in a weird bubble of the internet and <laughs> my industry. Now. Um, but just knowing that like so many women have babies and it they're basically told like, well, okay, um, good luck. You know, like there's no postnatal care 
um, especially like in the United States, there's, you have the baby, you're cleared, people are desperate to feel like themselves again. So they're not thinking about their vagina unless they have to think about it um, because it's, it feels like there's an injury there. Um, but otherwise we're, we're either managing these symptoms or just unaware that this is even something where there is help. So public right. therapists and coaches like myself can work together to help a woman feel better and um, have better function, quality of life and athleticism. Okay. So postnatal care, like obviously pelvic floor, what else do you like include in that? Um, so, I mean, it really would be ideally working with and seeing a pelvic floor physical therapist during pregnancy, even just to get an assessment and learn these basic strategies. If they're not, you know, don't have the ability to work with like a coach like myself or anybody um, who understands pre-postnatal, um, but I mean, getting cleared postpartum instead of just saying, well, I'm just going to go back to the gym and start doing my exercises. It's going, getting that assessment and working on healing, changing, uh, breathing patterns and tendencies, learning how to like use your core differently. Um, and again, if all of that can be done in pregnancy, that's sort of like a, a prehab strategy. And then postpartum is a rehab strategy, um, right. where you're not having to learn things new for the first time. So that's a perfect system, but um, a lot of times postpartum people are coming into it, not knowing like, whoa, like what just happened to my body and how can I feel better? And so we can retrain this system to function better without symptoms, or at least with the management of symptoms where it doesn't necessarily have to be this debilitating. Some women that have a debilitating pain or um, a really like horrible prolapse symptoms. And there's a lot of work that, be, that can be done during physical therapy that can alleviate um, the amount of symptoms they're experiencing. So it's like this first line of defense and then integrating those strategies into activities, daily living. So if they're feeling uncomfortable every time they're walking or every time they're lifting their baby, their back is killing them, or, um, they just have like sharp shooting pain in their like pelvic floor area or, um, like there's just so much about their body has changed and then it's affecting like their just their daily tasks of caring for their kids. Pelvic floor physical therapy can help with that because it teaches women how to um, pay attention to their tendencies, how to um, kind of counter what they're doing. Like if you always stand like this and it always hurts like this, can we introduce different ways of doing that where maybe your symptoms improve because now you're doing it differently and you have more awareness around what your tendencies are? Are you constantly sucking in your stomach? Are you constantly gripping your glutes and holding your pelvic floor in. Um, and that's just creating all this extra tension. And so the pelvic floor in is just like any other muscle in the body when it's been, um, when it's like always contracted or when it's not working in fluidity with the rest of our body, it's going to fatigue or it's going to be working so, so hard that then it's not working well. So it's bringing a little bit more awareness to that part of our body and how our activities of daily living and then our exercise impacts this part of our body. Right. Okay. So, so let's take a step back to pregnancy. What is mm -hmm. like, just for, for someone who's kind of new, I mean, I know like I worked out through both my pregnancies, but I really didn't have a lot of knowledge of what I was doing or not doing. And I didn't talk to anybody about it really. I just went to the gym. So what are some things you would tell someone who's pregnant to like the big things to remember when you're pregnant and working out as far as your body goes? 
Um, I would say that like listening to your body is too broad of a sentiment because you don't really know what to listen for. Um, and again, this is probably catered more towards somebody who's like, just, well, I can do like whatever I want. I feel good. Like I'm listening to my body, but, um, I think it's bringing some awareness to, and again, it would really depend on what kind of, um, exercise the woman is interested in, because if I'm talking with a like CrossFitter, or then I'm talking with somebody who is doing Zumba, my advice is going to be different for both of them. Um, because it really is like, what is their interest? What is their mentality around training? So I just want to say that um, before giving any kind of generic advice, but um, generally speaking, it's just bringing that awareness to what the tendencies are, what, how are they standing? How are they moving? Um, how are they lifting? If that's what they're choosing to do, are they trying to do a ton of like cardio because they're afraid of gaining too much weight? Like what is the thought process uh, that's driving um, pregnancy choices? So that's probably the first thing. Um, second thing would be looking and paying attention to symptoms. So are they starting to feel like a lot of um, pelvic pain or pressure during any of their exercises? Is Are they like coning a lot? And that's... Um, like the center of their abdominal wall kind of um, peaks. And so that would tell me that they have a lot of inner abdominal pressure that can just can't, it's not bad. It's just, we don't want to contribute to um, like a larger diastasis and more stress on that part of the body than what's already occurring with pregnancy. Um, And so being able to manage core and pelvic health considerations in a proactive way, rather than waiting to have to be like reactive to it in the postpartum chapter. Um, So knowing that, these parts of your body are being, are, have implications, you know, because of what kind of, because it's going through a different chapter. And so there's more stress on the pelvic floor. There's more stress on the abdominal wall. And then you're adding whatever kind of exercise you're wanting to do. And that, that can impact that system. So um, bringing awareness to symptoms or um, the potential of them is uh, really important. And then also dialing down um, the intensity, like there's no need to try and maintain levels of fitness or ability during pregnancy. I think like our, if you're trying to work out through pregnancy, you're, you have a decent baseline. You're doing it from a place of wanting to have a healthy pregnancy. You know that it's beneficial for both mom and baby. Granted, there's no, um, you know, like medical contraindications to that. Um, but overall, it's, it's just kind of looking at, at being able to make adjustments um, to the load, to the intensity, not trying to maintain, um, and stuff like that. Wow. Okay. So if, if and I know you t- touched on this throughout kind of, but like just to be explicit, if I'm pregnant and I um, like, what, what are reasonable goals and expectations of my body? It depends on what you want to do. <laughs> like, okay. um, it, I know that's like such a broad statement and broad statements are really annoying, but, um, like, do you believe that a pregnant woman, like that she is, that, it, that she is capable of doing the s- similar things to what she was doing, um, before being pregnant, like that her body is just as powerful as it was before she was pregnant? Or do you think they're definitely no, no. different. Like we're in, we're physiologically in a different state of the same body, but the 
it's just, it's a different body. Like structurally we've changed, hormonally we've changed. So saying do what you've always done is, is pretty inaccurate when you really look at it from a physiological um, perspective. Like there's so much change. There's so many um, factors to consider, different pressures that are now being created because there's a baby inside of you. So saying, right. well, if I could squat hundred pounds before, I should be able to keep doing that now doesn't make sense um, because the body is changing and evolving. And um, I know that a hundred pounds might seem like a ton for a lot of people and might seem like absolutely nothing for a lot of other people. Um, so it's willingness to make those adjustments depending on, again, what she's doing, what she's interested in and, um, and what her ultimate goal is and then how she's feeling all of that stuff. So I don't like saying do what you've always done. It's way too generic of advice. Um, and people default into then like not, not being fully informed about their training and about, um, the postpartum chapter because pregnancy is such a temporary chapter in a woman's life and fitness um, but postpartum is forever. So what you do and don't do during that chapter can have pretty significant implications. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the advice that was given to me was just, if you did it before you were pregnant, you should be able to do it while you're pregnant, like by my doctor. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> like, I'm going like, to the gym. Can I still, yeah, yeah. Just keep, if you did it before you were pregnant, you should be able to do it. And what's funny is I took that as like gospel, but I know even now, like I can't work out the same the week I'm on my period. So it's right. like, why would I why would I think that building a human would be, I don't know. Right. It's a different stress and it's a different demand on the body in general. And I know that, and I, and I like, I love my doctor. Um, she's brilliant, but I know that it's not her job to understand exercise and core and pelvic health. Like that's my job. You know what I mean? Like I'm not delivering babies, even if I know a thing or two about like that process, that's not my job. So it's not my area of expertise to give an opinion on. And so they think in terms of baby safety, not right. so much about like long-term women's health and athleticism performance implications. So um, you're right. The do what you've always done, listen to your body. Um, like all of that generic advice is pretty much what propelled me turning my strength and conditioning career into something very specific because there's so many women that are very misguided because, and they shouldn't be like, we're not pregnant and postpartum is not a, a special population. That's the majority of people in gyms, working out, going to classes, working with personal trainers are like postpartum moms, basically. So right. to be given really generic advice is negligent coaching. Interesting. Okay. So we've talked a lot about pelvic health what and you but you've also mentioned core health a couple of times so what what exactly I mean I obviously could guess that what what I would think that would mean for a postpartum woman but what are the things with your core that you are considering yeah um so during pregnancy the abs have to separate to make room for the baby and they do that right at um the line of the six-pack abs which is called the linea alba and so that process of separation is it's considered a uh, is considered diastasis recti. It's the separation of the left and right sides of the abdominal wall at the linea alba to make space for this growing abdomen, expanding abdomen. It's an amazing uh, process that is absolutely a normal part of pregnancy. And right now, the evidence says that it diastasis recti happens is occurs in a hundred percent of pregnancies. So 
There's no preventing diastasis, contrary to what whatever programs on the internet tell you. That's not true. It's not what the evidence says. And that's not, you know, what I see in my coaching either. So there's a lot of fear around diastasis, but then there's also a lot of like, what? I don't even know what that is. So I, right. I hear both pretty okay. often. Either like people are totally freaked out and think it's like worst thing ever, oh my MG diastasis, or it's like, what are you talking about? What did you just say? <laughs> Diet, what? You know? You're so right. um, it's like this extreme, two extreme messages. Um, and it's nothing to be fearful of. It's something to be informed of. And um, because it is a really normal part of pregnancy, it becomes, it's only a problem, like when it becomes a problem, which is like postpartum, if, um, you know, the abs for a lot of women will kind of, they'll heal on their own. And yes, there's so much that we can do with pelvic floor physical therapy, both prehab and rehab wise to to assist in that process and to really help regain that core um, function where the abs approximate more, the fascia, that linea alba didn't take too much of a hit because you were able to adjust a lot of your training during pregnancy and not stress that system too early postpartum. So for a lot of women, they heal very well um, on their own. A lot of other women really struggle to heal, whether it's because they return and just think like, oh my God, my squishy stomach, I have to get rid of this. This is so gross. I'm going to start doing all these sit-ups and I'm going to start running and I'm going to do all this stuff. And then they put so much extra stress on an already stressed and healing part of their body that now they're actually contributing to that diastasis. And they're contributing to, because they don't have uh, good strategies for managing that pressure that kind of pushed, um, that uh, created that space in their abs to begin with. And now they're just continually with every crunch or with every movement, if they don't know how to manage that intra-abdominal pressure, they're just pressuring out into that system. So um, it is very normal. It can absolutely be rehabbed for uh, so many women. There's like, there's so much uh, fear mongering around that thinking like, oh, my abs are just ruined. This is just what I look like. But so much improvement can be made is not debilitating, um, especially when uh, strength training in appropriate ways with um, strategy, like positioning, tension, pressure, all of these things are, are connected well, then, you know, like we're so resilient, even if there is a separation still. And you say approximately like two centimeters or is within normal range, two centimeters and below. Um, and then anything greater than about two centimeters is considered a diastasis. But I mean, I know plenty of women like myself included who had diastasis, had a diastasis that was much larger than that. And we're still very athletic and still very strong and didn't have like these debilitating symptoms. So I think when you can combine the effort of a strong, of a strong strategy and strong uh, body awareness, and then you connect that into the movement that you're doing and you can practice and have control there, then it's really not a problem. But if it's somebody who maybe had a ton of like, maybe <laughs> just like their abs just took such a hit after like four babies and, you know, maybe their skin is totally stretched out and, um, they, they just, their diastasis and their fascia is really thinned out or that fascia is really thinned out and their diastasis is really, the separation is really um, significant. Surgery is an option, but that is after expiring, um, all rehab efforts and building that strength and capacity. So it's not a first step approach to fixing this problem. It's something, um, that, it can be a conversation much, much later, basically. So if I'm listening and I've had a couple babies, how would I know if um, something's going on 
with my course recovery. Like at the, at yeah, so I'm going to ask you like how you feel. And if you like lie on your back, you can do a simple diastasis check just by like laying on your back like you would be in um, like a sit-up position, bend your knees, do a little crunch, and then put your fingers right at your midline, like that line of the six-pack abs, and just press down going to, uh, toward your pubic bone. And you might feel like when you get closer to your belly button, typically that's where we see like most of the most um, – like I guess weakness or separation typically is right in that area, right around the belly button. Um, and you can just feel like, does it sink in a lot? Do I feel the edges of my abs and how, how significant is that? Is it only like two fingers or could I fit my entire fist in there? Like, so some people can like, can fit like maybe two hands in between their abdominal or between their, the abdominal walls. Um, what does the fascia feel like? Is it like super squishy and it just sinks all the way in? Or when you do a sit up, it feels kind of taut. You know, it's not muscle, but it's it's also not sinking in. The fascia has a good kind of bounce back reaction when you're in that crunch position. So, and I have like a ton of free resources on my website that go into this stuff in detail. So, um, there's I just did like a whole diastasis series, and then on okay. Instagram, um, put it into like a free resource. And so, if anyone's listening is like, what the heck is she talking about? Like, I swear it makes a lot more sense when I write. Sometimes when I talk, I just, I just go down the crazy path. So um, that's probably like a lot more helpful consolidated information than just this. I love it. Well, I'll link to it in the show notes for you guys for sure. So I guess um, if you kind of, before we do our closing question, if you were talking to a mom who I, either one who is about to have a baby or about to try to have a baby or who is postpartum and was really just kind of like struggling with their body and the whole process that their body has been through, what would you kind of tell them? Um, gosh, it's so hard. Um, that everything that they're feeling is totally, it's, it's okay. And there's a lot of support and, um, your body has been through a lot. And, um, I don't know, it's just such a hard question because I have so many, there's so many different things to touch on within that one thing. Um, but basically you're, you're of so much more worth than what you look like on the outside and what you're able to do. Um, our bodies are continually evolving throughout different chapters in our life. Um, in our lifetime of, of having this gift of a body we get so many different versions of it. Our 12-year-old body is so different than our 17-year-old body, which is so different than our 25-year-old body, which is so different than the body in our 30s when we have kids or we're raising our families. And then when we hit our 40s, like we just, we are evolving. And so while a lot of this is such a struggle, it's also a really beautiful process of like, can I still be strong? Yes. Can I still improve how I feel? Yes. Can I still love my body, even if it looks different than I thought it would, even if it looks different than it used to? Yes, you can. And if that's something that's really hard for you, there's a lot of resources that that can help you feel better in your body and can help you get stronger and can help you have the sustainable like mental and physical relationship that you want to have with this one body that you have. Oh, that's great. I love that. I love that. So we ask every guest a closing question. And essentially it just is, um, what is one thing that you saw moms doing before you became a mom that you thought, oh, I'd never do that. 
Um, but you're totally doing it now. <laughs> that you're actually oh, involved. Gosh. Um, like giving their kids like goldfish, you know, <laughs> I was like, Oh, why would they like, why, you know, like there's so many other like food options and now I'm like, Oh my God, goldfish are so good. Like, <laughs> like for way too long without having this in my house. So, um, yeah, just like, I think just the sanctimonious attitude that comes so much with like, I wouldn't do this or this is how I'm going to do it. And, you know, like, <laughs> everything in life is with moderation, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. can't, the second you feel so strongly about one thing, like something's going to humble you and force you to change your mind. So it's so true. It's so true. Open mind, whether it's goldfish or anything else. Yes. Life is all about balance, man. All about finding the balance. Well, this, this was so helpful and I'm sure that our followers are going to be so, I know we have talked before about sneezing and peeing on this podcast that has come up before, but I never this deep of information around, um, around our bodies postpartum. So I'm really excited to share this with everybody. Tell everybody where they can find you. I am on Instagram at Brianna.battles. My website is BriannaBattles.com. Um, Facebook also BriannaBattles.com. It's like, yeah. So Brianna Battles and Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism are basically the one in the same sort of resource. So um, that's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review so other moms like you can find us. You can find our blog at simplywholemoms.com and we are all over the internet on Pinterest, Instagram, and Facebook as Simply Whole Moms. We'll be here next Thursday.